It's Labor Day, Monday, September 3rd, 2018. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, today is Labor Day, a day set aside to celebrate work. We know that work is given to us by God. Work was not a result of the fall or result of sin, but it was a gift of God through creation. Genesis 2.15 says, The Lord God took the man Adam and put him in the Garden of Eden to work and to keep it. Work, therefore, beloved, is a gift of God. And so we take a rest today on Labor Day, but let's be grateful today as well for God who gave us work and for the ways he so richly supplies each and every one of our needs. So today we are doing a best of for the Defender podcast. It was just over a year ago that we saw horrendous events coming out of Charlottesville, Virginia. And shortly after those events on August 16th, we had a podcast entitled Charlottesville, Racism, and the Sanctity of Human Life. So we hope you enjoy this best of the Defender podcast. Well, over the weekend, you had to be buried in a hole to miss what happened on Saturday in Charlottesville, Virginia. Several hate groups uh, touting white supremacy marched upon Charlottesville, Virginia, to boycott the taking down of a statue of Robert E. Lee. Many of these groups are hate groups that certainly I know many of us wished had been blotted out from human existence and from our country, including the KKK, neo-Nazis, and many white supremacy groups. And the truth of the matter is, if you are a follower of Christ, You have to be saddened, you have to feel lament, and you have to feel despair. That there are still groups that would pit racism, that would pit ethnocentrism, that would pit people created in the image of God to against each other. And this certainly wasn't the first time that we've seen hatred and venom and racism in our country. And unfortunately, I'm afraid it won't be the last until King Jesus comes back to reign again. But brother and sister, what I want us to talk about today is and realize today is that from cover to cover of God's word, the Lord repudiates and denounces all racism. It's from the devil to bring hatred and animosity between the people created in God's image. The devil wants to separate us. The devil wants to destroy the image bearers of God. And beloved Christian, white brother or sister, are we guilty in our hearts of some of these same racist thoughts and tendencies? Brothers and sisters who are even seeking to stand up for the orphan, for the widow, for the vulnerable child, and for foster children, are we guilty at times at looking at, at several countries and, and thinking that because of their ethnicity or because of their race that they're just prone to having vulnerable children? Are, are we guilty within our own country to look at certain races or ethnic groups and, and say that they're guilty uh, as a whole of making and creating children in foster care? 
We must renounce racism from ourselves, but also from our vernacular. And in our churches, we cannot be a refuge of racism, but we must preach against it in a biblical way. We must be biblical in the way that we approach this topic. And so first and foremost, we need to look at Genesis 1, 26 through 28, where in God's word, God says, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man, what? In his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them all. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Beloved brother and sister, if racism is in your heart, then you have hatred, animosity, judgment against an image bearer of God. And this is wrong and this is sinful and we must repent. And here's the deal. If you don't like diversity, you would hate heaven. Right? Because here's what Revelation 7, verses 9 and 10 say about what God is creating, the, the people groups that he's bringing into his kingdom. It says this in verse 9 After this, I, John the Revelator, looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. If you don't like diversity, if you don't appreciate the different uh, melaton in one another's skin, if you don't appreciate the shades that God has created us in and the ethnicity that he has made us in, then you would hate heaven. We must renounce racism, not just in light of Charlottesville, Virginia, but in light of the sin that has pervaded our hearts. And and here's the truth of the matter. We are called as God's holy people to speak up and to speak out for the poor, the stranger, the marginalized, and the disenfranchised. Our church should not be a hospice for a sinner, allowing them to die in their sin, But our churches should be an aggressive operating room looking to confront our sin through the lens of gospel transformation, through the lens of what the word of God says, through the lens of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us make sure that we are clearly proclaiming and preaching that racism is hatred and utterly sinful. Listen to what Paul says in Acts 17, 26 through 30. He says, and he, God, made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth and and, and all the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God, that all people should seek God and perhaps feel their way towards him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. And then verse 30, skipping ahead, says, the times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. So brothers and sisters, we must repent of our sin. We must repent of our racism. We must repent of the hatred and prejudice that we have in our heart because it is sin. And then we must speak 
out. We must speak out for other people. We must speak out for other people of other tribes, tongues, languages, ethnoses of other skin tones and skin shades. This is what Proverbs 31, 8 and 9 says. It says, open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth. Judge righteously. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Psalm 82, 3 through 5 says, give justice to the weak and to the fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. (laughs) They have neither knowledge nor understanding. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. Brother and sister, are we appreciating the men and the women that are created in the image of God? You, when you walk around today, when you walk around tomorrow, when you walk around in your life, if you see another human being, then you are viewing creation that's been created in the image of God. We must protect those image bearers. And at the end of the day, do we hate racism? Do we hate hatred and prejudice as much as we hate abortion? Because to me, racism, prejudice, genocide and the things that are happening in our world, ethnic cleansing, ethnic centrism, is a full out assault on the sanctity of human life. You see, we we like to look at Hitler and it's easy to see what Hitler did in, in Nazi Germany when he, he went and he, he tried to exterminate the Jews and any that were sensitive towards the Jews. And we're sensitive to that, right? Because the Jews are God's chosen people. But the truth of the matter is God created all men and women in his image. And we should realize that it is a sanctity of a life issue because we're not just concerned about life being born. We're not just concerned about the life in the womb coming to existence. We are concerned that once that life is breathing air and once that life is out of the womb, that we are defending the sanctity of all life. This means the sanctity of life of our black brothers and sisters, of our Asian brothers and sisters, of our African brothers and sisters, of our, of our, of our Latin American brothers and sisters, of, of men and women, red, yellow, black, brown, white, whatever shade they may be, we are defending the sanctity of human life when we speak out against racism. So in closing today, I just want to look at 10 ways that I believe as we are called to defend the weak, the poor, the widow, the vulnerable, those that are ethnically not like us, there are 10 things I believe that we need to do in light of what happened in Charlottesville, and not just because of Charlottesville, but because we are under attack by an enemy, the devil, who has brought this hatred in our hearts. Number one, we must condemn all forms of racism and genocide and ethnocentrism. The truth of the matter is today, it's easy to attack a group like ISIS because they're beheading Christians or, or to attack a group like ISIS because of the hate and the venom that they are spewing in the Middle East. But it's really hard sometimes to look in our own hearts and condemn the racism in our own hearts. We must condemn all forms of racism, genocide, and ethnocentrism. And we must call it what it is, sin. We must call it what it is, evil. We must condemn it. 
Number two, we must teach what the Bible says about racism to ourselves, to our children, to our churches, and to our neighbors. We must be biblically minded that all men, all women were created in the image of God, that all nations and ethnicities come from one man, Jesus Christ. We must preach that God detests racism. We must teach what the Bible says about racism to ourselves, to our children, to our churches, to our neighbors, and to the world. And number three, we must repent. (laughs) We must repent of the sin of racism and favoritism, whether big or small in our own life. The truth of the matter is we can't point the finger to those in Charlottesville until we point the finger at ourselves. We need to examine our own hearts. And so let's not just call what happened in Charlottesville a fringe group or a fringe groups that came out, but let's address right hatred in our own heart. Let's, let's address prejudice in our own hearts before we point the finger at others. Let's repent of the sin of racism and favoritism. Number four. Let's drop to our knees and pray. We need to pray for ourselves. We need to pray that we would love one another as image bearers of Christ. We need to pray for our nation, that our nation would repent and our nation would turn from the hatred that we're seeing on our streets. And we need to pray for our world. Let's pray as we look at racism. Number five, we must preach the gospel to ourselves and to our neighbors. Let us not think that we don't desperately need the gospel each and every day. Let's preach the gospel to ourselves, and then let's preach the the gospel to our neighbors. Number six, let's continue speaking up against racism. Continue speaking up against ethnocentrism and genocide and hatred through the lens of the gospel, um, even when events aren't current. So it's easy to go to Twitter. It's easy to go to social media. It's easy to say stuff, right, when events are happening. But let's be biblical about racism. Let's speak out about ethnocentrism, even when the events aren't current. Number seven, let's, let's embrace racism as the same evil as abortion and other acts which denounce the sanctity of life creating in God's image. Let us be passionate that racism is evil and it is a denial of the sanctity of human life. Let us be as passionate in speaking out against racism and other sins that create superiority of one over another in the same way that we speak up for the unborn because they are all issues of sanctity of human life. Number eight, and this is specifically for my white brothers and sisters, but let's ask our African-American brothers and sisters how they're processing the events of Charlottesville, how they're processing the events of racism that, that we see daily. Let's ask them how they are processing ethnocentrism in our society. And with sincerity, let's apologize what's happening to them and what's happening in our world. Let's sincerely approach our African-American brothers and sisters and ask them, uh, ask them how they're processing these events and then apologize for what's going on. Number nine, let's continually speak biblically, verbally, in writing, and on social media about what's happening in our world. Let let us not go to political speak. Let us not become secular in our speak. Let us not become social justice in our speak, but let's make sure that we're 
biblical in our speech. That certainly we're doing a social gospel, right? But that we're we're speaking biblically. We're speaking rightfully. We're speaking in the right way about how God sees man and how God creates man in his own image and how God wants to reconcile us to himself. And then number 10, and of course, right, the Defender podcast, we have to say this, but let's continue to speak up for the orphan. Let's continue to speak up for vulnerable children. And let's continually not degrade the families who have lost their children to state foster care, to degrade the families who maybe have passed away of a preventable disease or who have have lived a rough life and have lost their life and orphaned their children. Let's speak up for the orphan and for their families. We, oh, beloved, as God's chosen people, as God's royal priesthood, his chosen ones, let us speak up for the rights of others. Let us speak out against injustice and let us long for the day when truly (laughs) no one can number the people from every nation, from every tribe, from every people and every language who are standing before the throne of God and praising our Savior. We must embrace diversity because it is the song of heaven. Well, this week, we are also praying for the country of Poland. We are praying for a family who just recently found out that their appeal to adopt a sibling group of two boys was denied. We, we just are praying that they would uh, be able to process this information and that their grief uh, would be healed by the Lord. We're praying for a family, another family that is pursuing a sibling group of three boys, and they're waiting their final ministry approval. We're praying for a family uh, that was pursuing specific siblings of Two, uh, and they recently found out the children also were, were unqualified for adoption. So we just pray that this family would remain dedicated to the Poland program as we work through the next steps with them. Uh, pray the, as well for the ministry in Poland. After the difficulties in 2016, we continue to pray that hearts will change and that they will see adoption as a positive thing. Pray for local courts and judges who seem to have more power in the adoption process, especially in certain regions. Pray that they will see see the value of adoption and children having forever families. And pray for continued favor with the Catholic Adoption Center. Pray for Sasha uh, Alexander as he continues to navigate the Poland program and continues to build relationships with government officials. Pray for the many children waiting in Poland who are older, larger larger sibling groups, and many who have severe medical special needs. Pray specifically with children uh, with Down syndrome and for Reese and Oliver and Peter. All three boys were born in 2012 and have we've been asked to advocate for them. Pray for Josh and Jana, Brianna and Toria as they continue to work in Poland despite the difficulties over the last two years. And as we said, pray for uh, Sasha and Alex and Alexandra as they continue to be on the ground in Poland. Pray that they would continue to build relationships with the government officials. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the country of Poland and for the opportunity to work in this country uh, for many years. Lord, we know that the last couple of years have been tough, uh, but Lord, we trust you. We trust that you are sovereign, that you are good. And Lord, we just ask that you would change the hearts and the minds of the people of Poland and that you would reverse decisions. And Father, that we would see these waiting children who are waiting and languishing in orphanages have opportunities of a forever family. And so Lord, we know that uh, 
that that Poland is uh, part of the Hague and part of that is that children are, are best in families. And so, Lord, we pray that they would stay true to this agreement that they have signed and that we would be able to see movement happen in Poland once again. Lord, we ask all these things in your precious name. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.